This just in, Illinois is ranked number one in the country in basketball practice facilities. Auburn Basketball Complex is nearly complete, and like it was in 1998, it will again be among the best in the country. All right, Richie will take us inside the doors. He'll talk uh, recruiting. He'll talk schedules and uh, get a feel for how Illinois is going to wind up this year. All in this week's podcast, Inside Illini Basketball. Come back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Oh, good Monday morning, everyone, and welcome back. Welcome back to Scott Ritchie. He's served his one-week suspension. Uh, that's the reason why he didn't listen to Inside Illini Basketball last week. Uh, Scott got himself in trouble, mouthed off to the uh, the uh, higher-ups here at the News Gazette. So we had to sit him down. Cool as jets. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> that's not what happened. We took Labor Day <laughs> off. We... Scott Ritchie is the hardest-working man around, covering Illinois football, covering some volleyball, trying to uh, keep on top of basketball. So he said, enjoy the holiday, Scott Ritchie. And you know what? He did. Yeah, still managed to work, but just a little less and from home. All right. Well, we're happy to have Scott back. I'm Jim Rosso, Vice President of News. What episode are we on, Scotty? 214. 214. Uh, started so many way back in the day on Monday mornings, it's... It's something I really don't look forward to. I, I mean, I look forward to every Monday, is what I meant to say. Yeah, sure. No no Freudian slip there. Uh, and we will talk basketball, but i got to start off with football. Richie was at Memorial Stadium on Saturday watching another dominating defensive effort. And uh, with all the shenanigans that took place in the Big Ten West, that's the question everybody's asking this morning, Scott Richie. Can Illinois win the Big Ten West? I think it maybe more likely today than it would have been three weeks ago. I'm not saying that they will, but the Big Ten West is kind of a nightmare. More so than usual. They've never won the Big Ten championship game, right, in the first place as a Big Ten West champ, and it's probably not going to happen this year. No. And, but I mean, the Big Ten West could have been great this year, and it still wouldn't have happened. Right. Because <laughs> Michigan and Ohio State are, I think, a, a class above everybody else. But... um I mean, just just look at it. Like, Wisconsin just lost to Washington State. I mean, that's not a terrible loss, but it's not a good one. Um, Iowa has scored a single touchdown in two games. Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly, it was an offensive touchdown. That, that actually does surprise me. Um, Nebraska just fired Scott Frost, and they could have waited like three more weeks and saved themselves – like roughly eleven million dollars, but they were just like, "Screw it, this guy's awful." Have, wait, before you go any further, have you seen like the money these schools are getting for TV? Don't tell me eleven million means a thing. It's a this chump change. Go ahead. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, for me, eleven million dollars is still a <laughs> lot, um, and 
Scott Frost is going to, he just walks away with, I think, $17 million mm. in a buyout. All right. Um, of course, they did lose to Georgia Southern, so maybe, you know, firing him. I mean, he's going to get fired anyway, but just to, I mean, the season's over. Just, I don't know, the team's not going to get any better. Northwestern lost to the Duke. Yeah, that that, fo- that football powerhouse, Duke. What's up now, with that? I mean, Illinois it did you know, beat Virginia, and the defense, I think, was pretty good. The offense managed to overcome four first-half turnovers and, like, the same red zone issues that have cropped up all year. Um, I'm just I'm not sure how good Virginia is. So there's a little bit of both there where Illinois played well in some regards. Virginia played awful in all regards, but... The Big Ten West is maybe as open as I've seen it. All right, there you go. Scott Ritchie, football beat writer. Uh, gave Illinois a B-minus over the weekend. Graded them, right? B-minus seemed a little harsh. They turned it over four times in the first Beat Virginia half. 24-3, covered the spread by a lot. Beat a team that thumped them a year ago with the same quarterback. New coach, I know, but... B minus seemed a little. I'm just saying, seemed a little harsh. Same quarterback, a little grumpy Scott Ritchie. Same quarterback, none of the same offensive linemen. Ed Bond had him at a, a B plus. It's radio a producer, huge difference. It's there. probably probably closer to reality. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, crowd needs a little work yet. Announced crowd thirty three thousand, about half that many in the stadium. Right? Would I guess? Yeah. That will happen if uh, they start uh, maybe five and one. What do you think? Let's see. I mean, if they, I, mean, I think they'll beat Chattanooga next week. They're off yep. this week, so yep. If they come back from Wisconsin with a win, then I think there you go. The crowds might show up. All right, maybe we'll see. Um, let's talk basketball. All right, I try to tell you this every week. This is a Richie. basketball podcast. But r- wait, real quick, volleyball won the Dayton Invitational. Is that a, a thing? Like, is that good? Uh, that they won three matches is good they needed that it wasn't okay it's, it was their weakest tournament of the year okay i didn't know all right anyway uh are they is this the week they finally play a home match no okay not not quite yet they, Just, they don't play a home for another uh, 11 days all right well you don't have to worry about huff hall being a hot sticky mess uh, maybe that's the reasoning behind it without air conditioning right so it's gonna be nice although probably it will be like 90 degrees <laughs> <laughs> their first game back just, you know just because all right, one uh, one final reminder. This is the Inside Illini Basketball Podcast. Scott Ritchie uh, swears he will at one point talk basketball. You're reminding yourself as well? <laughs> Scott writes about it every morning, uh, com. Good morning, Illini Nation. Unique online content. Today's story, the guy from France not going to be with the Illini uh, this season. Yeah, um, Zachary Prane you know, tweeted about that yesterday afternoon sunday afternoon that he he is in the u.s finally but uh he's going to spend the year at sunrise christian sunrise christian academy um out in bel-air kansas um just uh i mean that part's a little surprising the fact that he's not going to play this year less so yeah i talk with i was talking with brett underwood jeff alexander like right before the school like that actual school year started and like they're like you know, we're waiting on some we're hoping on some good news like when you phrase it as hope there's sort of maybe this feeling that it's not going to happen and just couldn't get him in 
hit to school this year. So he's apparently says he's still 100% committed to Illinois. He will you know, reclassify to the class of 2023. Spend the other year at Sunrise Christian. And then, I guess all in theory, uh, join the Illini for the 2023-24 season with Imani Hansberry. That's, that's a pretty good front court. Assuming he sticks with Illinois, a good thing. It probably would not have played a lot this year anyway. Also a good thing. Probably not. Uh, and just because, I mean, he missed the whole summer, even if he would have gotten you know, here in the middle of August when classes started, he would have been behind. Um, and there's the fact that he also just turned 18. He's a young big man would have been living and playing basketball, living in a foreign country and playing basketball in a foreign country for the first time. Um, like expecting too much from him might have been too much. Um, but there's this small part of me, just based on what he did in the spring where he like played really well in these you know, events in Europe that kind of got him on the radar for teams like Illinois, Michigan, trying to think who else is in his final list and BYU Florida maybe this you know, high you know power conference programs coupled with how he played for France and the FIBA U18 European Championships like little intriguing because okay. he played really well in the spring and then you know with France you know, he played with two guys Ryan Rupert City Sissoko that some draft experts have targeted as potential first-round picks next summer. And Zachary Prane might have been France's best player you know, in that tournament. Um, I think an argument came and made that he was. So, I mean, in the long run, I don't think he would have made a huge impact this season at Illinois. But given another year to work on his game in sort of a lower-key, lower-stress environment that's not college basketball, not the Big Ten, like, could be really beneficial for him. All right, basketball news picking back up. I like to uh, love to read about it. Um, not only that announcement on Sunday, but uh, the schedule was released finally. That made Ed and Scott's day. I know you guys are very nervous about that leading up to it. I was nervous. I just wanted to know like what it was. Okay. I was anxious. All right. It's different. Anything, the final release of it, well orchestrated by the Big Ten and Big Ten Network, of course. Uh, anything I need to know? I think uh, there's two sort of interesting things about it. You know, one is Illinois plays Michigan and Purdue just once the whole season, the whole Big Ten schedule, and those were the last two games of the season. So, I mean, those two teams that are maybe considered to be Big Ten title contenders, at least in the top five of the conference. And so those late games could very well have some you know, real impact you know, on the Big Ten standings. Uh, the other thing is, like, if Illinois can make it through you know, this stretch from November 18th through you know, December 6th, the, we'll, we'll find out you know, what this team is all about because they will play in that not quite a month, UCLA – one of Baylor and Virginia. One and one there. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm solving this problem for you. Okay. Uh, 
Lindenwood. Two and that's one. two and one. That doesn't okay. count. Stretch. Uh, Syracuse. Three and one. Maryland. Four, at, four at Maryland. Four and one. And then on a neutral in, in Madison Square Garden against Texas. So they're five and one. And so here I just told you they survived. They survived that stretch. Wow. Yeah. It's impressive. Thank you. If, if they really pull that off, like they'll be easily a top five team in the country. Well, thank point. you. I'm glad I could help. Next week, in fact, we're going to go game by game on this podcast. I'm going to give Richie a a, a week to figure out because uh, he'll ham and haw. Of course, I don't know how, what uh, I don't know who will be on the roster by then. How do you normally do that? That's my I'm Marcus Jackson, fifty fifty. Uh, the I don't know who's on the roster thing. That's my off season excuse. I got to come up with a different one. For, for oh, this. We will go game by game. I've got some strong thoughts about how I think Illinois will finish. Apparently, and, uh, they're going to win a national title the way you got them going. Well, I kind of look at the optimism. I'm I'm, I'm on the the other side of the tracks uh, as you a lot of times. I I'm I'm on the tracks. I'm the realist. <laughs> You're waiting for that train to hit you. You dodge at the very last minute. All right. Anyway, it's a uh, it's a good schedule. Uh, not necessarily for the folks uh, going to State Farm Center to watch games before the Big Ten play starts. I like the Syracuse game a lot. Actually, it's such an intriguing. They're no good, mind you. But it's it's Syracuse. It's Syracuse. It's a Hall of Fame coach and a rabid following. Yeah, and, and they're orange. I think just uh, both teams should wear orange. It's really confusing. Why not? What's that one game back in the day that really messed with everybody? I think when Wisconsin shows it was, up and it's Wisconsin red. Played, yeah, that was pre-high-definition TV, so if you're watching from home, you couldn't tell who was on right. what team. Uh, I mean, the actual Big Ten schedule doesn't look that bad for Illinois either. I mean, there are, are some tricky ones, of course, but... I mean, it's, I think, a team and a schedule combination that could put Illinois you know, right there to defend its Big Ten title. Well, you know what? why Ed Bond is smiling ear to ear as the producer of this podcast is every year I hear complaints, why don't they ever play Saturday, Saturday like the good old days? And you know what? There's a bunch of Saturday games this year. Yeah, I mean, look at it. He's smiling. He's laughing. He's chuckling. Finally, know. Saturday games. No, now, I'm, if we can only get them to start at 1 p.m. and not on TV, like Ed really wants them. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately for Illinois fans, there's only two Big Ten Saturday games at home. So, I mean, that's a little unfortunate, but there's like six total Saturday games in the Big Ten for Illinois and then two more on Sunday, so... Mm -hmm. Weekend basketball is back. Well, that's good for uh, our News Gazette print subscribers who, as many of you know, we don't publish on Mondays in print. And there's only two of those Sunday games we got to worry about. Yeah. Good. Thank you, Big Ten, for working with us. We submitted the uh, proposal. No Big Ten games, and they kind of listened. Yeah. I mean, otherwise there is a lot of the basically play on every day of the week. You know, at this point mm -hmm. you know, in college basketball, but this, I mean, I just, I can't remember over the last however many years I've covered Illinois basketball, eight, seven, this many weekend games. Love it. 
Uh, Scott Ritchie, our basketball beat writer. A uh, year, would you say? Uh, let's see, because this is how many years with Underwood? I think I'm going in my eighth year. Okay. Good. And uh, yet to have a, a, a successful prediction season. It depends on how you judge success. Oh, I got a different grading scale than most. Basically, I've been flunk. I've been well over 500 <laughs> well, every year. Give himself a give you a ribbon there, buddy. Participation ribbon for Scott Ritchie. <laughs> That's the thing these days. <laughs> All right, I bought, I'm going to be nice to you the rest of this podcast. All right, I've mark the, the time. Venom jar is empty. Mark the time. 11:46. Okay. <clears throat> Saw some uh, pictures, uh, some moving pictures of the basketball team. Uh, practicing in their new facility. True or false? Or True. Was it, it was. Those were. That was legit video. Yeah. They. Uh, okay. They practiced at Ubin on last. Try to think when I saw Jeff Alexander uh, last Wednesday, because he was just headed back. Because they're not fully moved in yet. Because he was headed back to his temporary office at Memorial Stadium. But the gym's ready. But the gym was ready. They could practice in there, and um, a lot of the other stuff is done. Like the weight room looked finished maybe the locker room as well but uh, it's not ready for you know complete move in just yet but getting closer and just talking with Jeff briefly like he was just sort of blown away by how amazing it really is yeah I was going to ask you in a Smith Center type of deal the 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 putting surface on the roof was my like wow moment what's the (laughs) what's the equivalent of the Green on the roof over at uh, at the basketball facility. I don't. I mean, they don't have like that. I mean, mini golf. Like, and it's it's more geared towards what they're th- like there to do. I mean, but the weight room is. I mean, it's huge. And like they had, they have a really s- tiny space, you know, initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, I think the most all the tech advancements like have gone into. Their athletic training spaces, like sports medicine spaces, like any little thing they can do to keep the players healthy and you know, ready and able to play, like they have the capabilities. I think it's just light years ahead of what they had you know, with the you know, original oven, which in its time mm-hmm. was the well, the first of its kind, really, in the country, and now Illinois kind of back, you know, towards the top. All right, uh, expect a story by you comparing where Illinois ranks as far as practice facilities go when it's all finished. be interesting to see what uh, what uh, its peers are doing. Okay. How about that? Like Kentucky. I always think of Kentucky as this front runner in facilities. Clearly they are not, though, because John Calipari, his big issue is they just built you know, this new practice facility for the football team, and, here, and mm-hmm. he's like... What about me? Well, the football team just beat Florida. What have you done lately, Kentucky? Lost to St. Peter's in the That's survey right. That's right. Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, Kentucky is not as close right. to the top as you might think. All right. Well, I'll be interested to see what some schools are doing. Uh, Illinois, obviously, uh, one that's all finished. We'll take a tour. We'll take a pho- photographic tour and uh, show you what uh, the Illini are in store for. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Um other basketball news this week. Some recruiting stuff taking place, right? Yeah, well, the coaches can 
get back out and you know watch prospects again. You know, the the dead period's over. Um, so I'm trying to think. Oh, I've seen a, a few players. Um, I believe Trey McKinney, who's class 2025 guard from Michigan, uh, Mean Streets product though plays for you know that that team during the summers. Um, they made a, a trip down to uh, Montvert Academy, reigning two-time Geico Nationals champion. Uh, several players there. Um, Bryce Hurd, the former Kenwood guard, class 2025, transferred down there this summer. Um, and a couple 2024 forwards, Liam McNeely transferred in from Texas. Asa Newell transferred from another high school in Florida. I'm catching the theme here, transfers. Um, and then in the class of 2023, you know, Illinois has not offered this player yet, uh, Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn, but there's some interest in the, the point guard. He was committed to Purdue um, briefly, uh, de- decommitted like early August, kind of back out on the market. Um, Illinois is not necessarily in the in the point guard market. Kind of, I mean, I think that'll be something if they have to address it, they'll do in the transfer portal just because they have so many young guards on this year's roster. But they're keeping tabs on you know, the former Purdue commit. Um, that Mount Verde team is just crazy talented. And I mean, that's where Scott Clark played. Um, but they have basically all new transfers there. Um, so those are just some early September visits they've made. And that'll continue. And then, obviously, they'll get players on campus you know, here in the next few months. And then uh, through the whole season as well. All right. The season... Uh what about fifty some days uh, away? Is that right? I think. Get yeah, close. Uh, we have uh, an off week for football this week, which means tell me this is true. When I pick up my Sunday print edition of the News Gazette, I'm going to read about college basketball. That's my intention. Yes, yeah. that's what I wanted to hear. Is your long-awaited conversation? With Tim Anderson? With Tim Anderson, finally going to see the light of day. I think that's the plan. Oh, tell me about it. What's your lead? <laughs> uh, I have no idea. No, but probably this uh, sort of the most one of the most interesting things that you know, he talked about was when he was a young assistant, like at a at D two level, his first his first job out of you know college. Um, didn't pay a ton, obviously. Low-level coach, and this was you know, several years ago as well. Um, had a, he had a young family, so he picked up a second job as uh, a lab technician, and a, his job was to like sort of wrangle the mice that were being used in the the laboratory experiments. And just the way he phrased it, it was like. They were as afraid of him as he was afraid of them. So it's just, I mean, sort of just kind of painted a pretty interesting picture. Of like, he he just didn't show up one day at Illinois as a high-paid you know, assistant coach with all these connections across the country, um, you know, from the NBA down to the high school levels. Like, it, it's a path for some of these guys. And he, and he walked all of it. It's a great lead. Can't wait to read uh, that this weekend. Tim Anderson, we sat down with him, what, last month, right? 
I got some great photos. Uh, he his his success story is a yeah, was one of the many storylines last season. Uh, just how he fit in so quickly, and the other assistants as well. Yeah, and like when a coach has to replace his entire assistant staff, like that could be like a little problematic. But you know, Jeff Alexander got the promotion, and he'd been with you know Brad Underwood for several years here, and then also at Western, also you know, at the JUCO level, they had a, a relationship. But then Chester Frazier, Tim Anderson come in, and it was seamless. And recruiting didn't drop off. I mean, both those two guys were responsible for you know this incoming group of freshmen, and Tim Anderson responsible for you know the commits they have from two classes out still in twenty twenty four. So you know, there's sort of this thought of like, okay, Brad Underwood just lost. Orlando Antigua and Chen Coleman, like great recruiters, and lost Stephen Gentry, who was crucial in sort of developing, you know, Illinois' offense. And it's like, well, how are they going to make this work? And then they did. Pick up your Sunday paper, uh, available at uh, hundreds of locations in about eight counties. It'll be well worth the read. Uh, as we move closer to the season, uh, old Richie will try to introduce so many of these new faces that are on the roster. Here's the one that really intrigues me more so than ever, and that's Sky Clark. I can't get enough of knowing what his potential will be. You know, one of the most highly rated recruits in some time. Yeah. Tell me, tell me, I should temper my enthusiasm right now, or don't? Even better, don't. I mean, I guess I'm going to say don't. All right. Maybe a little. Ah, now you just ruined it. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't think so. Like, you never know how freshmen are gonna respond in college basketball. Some are great. Some take some time. But in the snippets I've seen of Sky Clark, now that he's been fully healthy, um, I can understand why he was like a top ten recruit in his class, but pre ACL injury, um, he's just got. Slick handles, like really tight, you know, was great with the ball in his hands, can attack the basket, finish at the rim, you know, through contact. Because he's not slight. Like he's 6'3", 200 pounds. Like he's got a really good frame. And I think sort of has a reputation as a shooter as well. I think there's reason to be optimistic about, you know, what he could what he could be for Illinois this season. We just have to wait, and, you know, less than a month, and we'll find out. I mean, the first game is uh, November 7th, I think. Well, we'll try to work on uh, get me some exclusive video of him in practice, if you don't, if you don't mind. Because uh, get me an invite. I, w- I would say I was going to go over to the Ark to watch them play informally, uh, like where we saw Kofi dunk on that poor <laughs> undergrad last year, I think it was. <laughs> But as you saw a story by Ethan Simmons in the paper, those basketball courts are no longer there at the Ark. It's all weight rooms now. What are what are we doing? I don't understand. I need more basketball courts, if anything. Yeah, and that, that's short-sighted because there's always people yeah. playing on those courts. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with that, but I need to see some Sky Clark, all right? 
Are they going to have an open? You remember the years ago when they had a scrimmage on the the south end zone, uh, beyond the south end zone, immediately following an Illinois football game? Can we make that happen this year? I don't remember that at all. Um, Whippersnapper, Ed. Sure. He's going to make it happen. That was a great idea, by the way, Ed. Remember that? Yeah, it really was. I think it followed a loss, maybe, but oh well. What they did last year, they did have an open practice at State Farm Center before a football game. So maybe that is on the table. I think with the uh, fan base as rabid as it is, it would work. Yeah, and I mean, we don't get invited otherwise, so I I look forward to that as much as the fans do. All right, Scott Ritchie, before I let you out of here today, um, I know you don't have any data, do you? I know that bothers you in the offseason. You're uh, unable to adjust and find me some scheduling data or anything like that, right? Um, if not that, then just give me some uh, loose ends that need to be tied up. I think I've already gave you in previous podcasts all my great data. But there is... So Bartorovic.com. We'll give you some schedule. Yeah, there, there's your buddy. Yeah, it, it's a just a fascinating website. Um, but he has, with the schedule complete, you know, gone through and sort of projected out the Illinois season. Now, I will start that there's a difference between Illinois being favored in the game and then maybe actually winning them, in all how the math shakes out. And I don't know. I was taking him at his word, but. He has Illinois as the favorites in all but five games. With a projected record, however, of 22-8, and 13-7 in the Big Ten. So it's not bad. It's not quite where you have them, I don't think. 13-7 and seven in the Big Ten, did you say? Yeah. That's not going to win you a title. I've, probably, I've got some concerns with that. Probably won't. No, it won't. I'm trying to think. There was No, it won't. Trust me when I say it won't. The year before COVID, I feel like that was pretty close to when there was a three-way tie at the top of the Big Ten. It was pretty close to that. 14 and 6. It was 14. I think they were all 14 and 6. So, maybe. so I'm right. That's what you're saying. Don't give me that look. They finished. Don't give me that quizzical look, Scott Rich. I'm just saying that you're not far off from <laughs> a Big Ten title. All right, again, looking forward to our weekend coverage. Looking forward to um, all sorts of basketball coverage, uh, 6 a.m., AlanaHQ.com, as we creep closer to the season. Looking forward to all what Scott Ritchie brings, uh, including some football coverage. Now that uh, uh, Bielema's team has me a little intrigued now, I will admit to that. That's the first step, then. All right. I told you to talk basketball. We'll do that uh, again next Monday. We'll see you then.